Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Aaron. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com and you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can also find us every Monday morning from 6 to 6.30 at bff.fm. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Flashback Friday. In these political times, we thought maybe we'd bring back uh, another one of our favorite documentaries, uh, Dark Money. Uh, We got to interview director Kimberly Reed, and this documentary takes place in the wake of the Citizens United ruling. It's called Dark Money. You could probably assume what it's about, Uh, but we loved chatting with her, and uh, this documentary is still so relevant today. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you so much for listening, and check out Dark Money, which is streaming on Amazon Prime. Kimberly Reed, director of the film Dark Money, joins Bitch Talk Podcast. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. This, uh, this film speaks to our soul a little bit, yeah, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, we always we're going. We always go through films like, "What do you think of this one? Want to do this one?" And right away, I was like, "Yep, yep. perfect. Let's do it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can even talk to her about it right now before we even watch it. I mean, right. there's just so much to say about the topic. Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> I there's there's a lot of heroes in this film. Um, I think the main hero is, uh, at least for me, was John S. Adam. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you met him and and that whole relationship? Yeah, originally, so John S. Adams is an investigative reporter. Um, When I met him, he was based uh, in Montana. He Mm -hmm. was at a Gannett paper. It was probably the biggest uh, single paper in the state, but there's another chain of papers that covers like five different cities, and he was just kind of based in one city, but he was probably the most, um, uh, had the biggest presence in in the capital. Um, and so he was doing lots of great reporting on campaign finance issues. He was following the money, that phrase that you learn from all the president's men, and he was doing it really well. Um, there were two other reporters in the state that were following the same issue, and they were at Lee Newspapers. It's a chain that mm-hmm. was kind of covers the rest of the state, but John was doing it really well. He was a little bit younger, and um, the feisty guy, and so I met him. Because we were on the same trail, you know, we were just trying to figure out where this money was coming from, who was behind it, and you know what their motives were, and he was doing it uh, really well. So initially, when I met him, it, it, we were just kind of commiserating and you know, kind of comparing notes. And as a documentary filmmaker, I think that we're kind of up to the same sort of investigative reporting that that he was doing. Um, but, you know, I kind of fly at 30,000 feet, and he's doing the day-to-day thing. Mm-hmm. And so we were just kind of comparing notes. And um, not too long after I met him, I realized that, it, it, you know, it would be really good to have him be our sort of narrator for this, kind of quasi-narrator. He would be a good lens to tell this story through because, you, you know, as with campaign finance stuff, it's kind of hard to, you know, the dramatic stuff happens when somebody hits return to send an email or makes a copy of something that's Mm -hmm. not like the most uh, dramatic and thrilling stuff and um, it was apparent that he was going to be a good sort of envoy for the audience 
and then uh, I'm not going to get too much into spoiler alerts, but then all this stuff happens to John as a reporter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he becomes emblematic of everything that's happening to our press and to newspapers and the consolidation and the business challenges that newspapers are going through today. Mm -hmm. Um, And so more than ever, I just knew I had to stick with the story of all the stuff that he was going through and and what he was uh, what he was up against. Yeah, I think it was a really great choice to to watch the film through his lens because it just adds that level of of inspiration and, and motivation to get you up and moving the way he the way he is so impassioned about this. Yep. And we just wanted to give a shout out, John. If you still need a couch, you have one in San Francisco. Yeah, there's at least two. <laughs> Come visit so. Bitch Talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we were texting after sure she had watched. We're like, yeah, he has a couch in San Francisco. If you're still wandering about, yeah. Um, but this initially wasn't the story that you set out to tell, right? When you when you wanted to do a documentary. Um, you mean the story about John or just the whole thing in general? The whole thing in general kind of shifted. It, it really was. It, it it did shift. And, um, you know, sometimes as a filmmaker, that can be pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I also find that those shifts can be very dramatic twists and turns. And mm-hmm. um, if you just stay true to the subject matter and, and um, keep it real to life, you know, um, it just, you, you know, those, those surprises in the film turn into surprises that we all have in real life. That is a very natural, organic drama that we all go through. And, um, you know, if you can replicate that in the editing room, uh, it's it's a really good thing. So sometimes it's, you know, you just want to pull your hair out. But <laughs> at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, it's, hopefully it turns out to be a good thing. When mm. all of this was happening, I'm not going to spoil anything but when this was happening and you're there were you kind of like oh shit this is happening (laughs) yeah what's your reaction (laughs) and and, oh good or i mean how much longer are we going to pursue this and it's a because it's a really it's an onion yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, it's still going. Yeah, till it's still going. Day, yeah. And not the onion, but like in onion. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, wish. It's in um, onion. It seems like it could be from <laughs> the, the onion. onion. Some, yeah. of the, some of the stuff could be in the onion. Um, no, it's just, I, I don't know. It. Um, that's the cool thing about investigative reporting is you should dig and you dig a little bit more. And um, what I find with this campaign finance stuff is that your, your basic citizen knows that stuff like this is going on all the time mm-hmm. they kind of know that there's a dot here and a dot there but they haven't quite connected all the dots and so kind of the project of the film in many ways was to take all those dots that people know are there and just connect them and just show people like look you know mm-hmm. you uh, one the, the thing that kind of the surprises that you're talking about and the twists and turns that we're talking about are almost all due to accidental leaks or accidental disclosures or mm-hmm. cars getting stolen that have documents <laughs> right. in it that end up in it. I mean, it's just all sorts of crazy stuff that happens. Um, and what what we were trying to do with the film is just to show that, you know, this stuff is going on all the time, this corruption of money and politics is happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And what we had in Montana, which is sort of the microcosm that we used to tell this story, is a situation where people just, you know, flipped on the lights a couple times and we could just see all the bugs that were scurrying around. Scattered, yeah. We're peeling back the layers of that onion. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it you can just, 
you can that lets you connect the dots and everybody is kind of like yeah i knew that was going on mm-hmm. and now i have the proof for it. right yeah and, and that's the thing this is not a conspiracy theory this is all traceable and it took you what was it three election cycles that you, you that you dug through and trace and just followed the path yep, towards I this money started shooting in 2012 and then you know frankly initially i thought that this was going to be a shorter film that was going to be Sorry. about one court case. Little did you know. <laughs> like, Are you kidding? Sorry. We're waiting for part two. We're waiting for yeah, I was gonna, the I mean, trilogy. Yeah, okay. yeah, going there. Yeah. Um, yeah, little little did I know. But no, I thought it was going to go, uh, we were just going to cover one court case in 2012. Um, Montana had this case that was going to the U.S. Supreme Court mm-hmm. that had the ability to overturn Citizens United. So I started filming then thinking that, you know, that'll get citizens, you know, I'd be overturned and I'll just have this little tidy little story and we'll be done in six months. And it took six years. <laughs> instead. Um, but in doing so, it, I mean, it was actually a blessing in disguise when that case was summarily reversed by the U.S. Supreme Court because I had to go back to Montana. I had to do what the rest of the country did. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. now what are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And in being kind of driven back to this story that I started with and following it and digging at it, um, what we found was, you know, this microcosm of the way that the money and politics shell game works all the time in, mm-hmm. in every other state. And it became apparent to me that you had to really follow this money, follow these dark money groups over multiple election cycles. Because a lot of times what they do is they start off with a name like Americans for an awesome America, (laughs) right? Very generic, (laughs) but still very Mm pro-America. Exactly. Um, But then a lot of times they'll like just be around for that one election cycle and then they'll disperse, kind of dry up and blow away. And all of a sudden you have Americans for an awesomer America or something. Mm -hmm. Superb Um, America. Yeah, Yeah. superb (laughs) Americans. And you're left wondering, you know, is this the same group? Are these the same people? How are they related? Where's the money that's coming from behind it? Maybe the name change was exactly the same money that was funding it as before. And so by following these groups over multiple election cycles, you can really get a sense for for how they work, for what their patterns are. And that's what we ended up doing for the 2012 and 14 and 16 election cycles. And, and what do you think made Montana so special in that? Why was Montana the only state that was willing to be like, no, 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 we have to fight this. This isn't right. Out of all the states in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, sorry, I, I mean, I think this stuff is going on all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that because of these accidental disclosures that happened, um, in Montana, you can say, look, I mean, this is going on, this is wrong, and we want to do something about it. Uh, I think there are some maybe kind of special circumstances, certainly not totally unique, um, because I think that this, you know, the reform that Montana enacted can be replicated in every other state. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think a couple factors in that were that there's a long tradition for citizens to be pretty suspicious of outside money coming in and trying to control Montana's elections. Um, It's a resource-rich state. There's not a lot of people Mm -hmm. living there. So there's a long history of usually 
bunch of rich dudes coming from the East Coast and trying to figure out how they're going to pull this or that out of the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's mining or whether it's, you know, oil and gas, coal, there's always, uh, you know, people wanting to come and take stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the question is whether they're going to put things back the way that they found them. And one of the things our film shows is that that does not happen. And when it doesn't happen, um, and when you live in such a beautiful, where there's such a beautiful country there, Mm -hmm. um, it makes you especially sensitive to these huge scars that, sometimes the extractive industries leave when they when they you know pack up and go home and leave the few people are living in montana left to kind of clean clean up up after them yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so i think that um because of that i mean there was usually the drama in money and politics is always hidden Mm -hmm. right there's there's nobody really putting pressure on the campaign finance laws and saying, standing up and proclaiming that, yes, indeed, we are the people putting pressure on this. And that was really happening in Montana. Actually, the same group of people who were behind Citizens United were opening law offices in Montana and trying to, this kind of very concerted effort to attack Montana's campaign finance laws and courts because they were Mm -hmm. pretty strong. Um, you know, the thinking being that if you can, if you can erode the laws there, you can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. So there was pressure coming from that side. These people are trying to change pretty strong campaign finance laws. But there was also an antagonist, this counterforce to that. It was the citizens who, you know, I think by and large have a pretty healthy skepticism of corporate control of politics mm-hmm. after this long history of watching this happen time and time again. And you could just see, or at least I could see it, maybe because I'm from there and because I know this storied history, like you could see there was going to be clash after clash with that. So that's what I tried to follow. The scene of the town hall meeting. Oh, yeah. The politician. Oh, my. That That was was great. I was yelling at the TV. I'm I'm glad that the mic, the boom or whatever was able to catch that conversation because it was incredible. That was heated. Yeah. 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 And good for him and good for people that walked out. And I I also like that you show that it isn't just a partisan issue because it's easy to say it's just the the conservatives do this. and No, they're they're pissed about it, too. You know, it's easy to to have a few bad seeds and blame the entire party mm-hmm. for those few bad seeds. Yep. So I like that you put that in the film as well. Yeah, there's, I mean, with with money and politics, with campaign finance issues, there is so much agreement on both sides of the aisle. You know, the Venn diagram or the overlap of mm-hmm. people that think that there's just something busted with our system right now. That overlap is huge. And so... You know, especially these days where there's Mm -hmm. so much political polarization, where people are kind of tribal, not my favorite word to use for it, but, you know, it's like people are just siloed and are off in our own corners. I almost said clans, but that's not good either. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean. Yes, I do. Yeah, because it's, yeah, everybody's using that word. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about it, but whatever. It's so bad that there's not even a good word to describe it. Yeah, we can't even find a word anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Polarized. How about that? Thank you. There's so much political. The polar bears would be mad about that word, though. (laughs) Nobody's happy. Okay, just go on. Let's just go on. (laughs) Sunglass lenses will be upset too. (laughs) Polarization. So, um, (laughs) no, uh, have, yeah, I just wanted to 
tell, I think, a pretty hopeful story about this spot in our, in our political conversation, and there's not many of them, where there's a lot of agreement. And so let's, do, let's move from there and let's do something about something that we, by and large, a lot of us really, really agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the subject of this film and, and how deeply you have dug into dark money, are you feeling maybe like your life could be in danger a little bit? Or have you gotten any threats? Just because of how deep this goes and now looking at DC and what's happening there, I, we, I think we know what's happening, but it's still unsure. So there's a lot of big players in the room. You know, I'm, I'm doing okay so far. I think in large part it's because of that vast agreement. Like there's a lot of agreement. So certainly back in Montana working on this, I felt like, you know, I was in the majority. There was mm-hmm. a lot of people who sort of had my back. Um, and then it, it wasn't before too long where this was just out in the public dialogue, in large part to go back to what, sort of where we started because the press was really covering this. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of exposure of it. Um, and, you know, that at the end of the day, that's what everybody's asking for is just sunshine, you know, the best disinfectant to just like shine a light on this stuff so we know what these influences are and where, where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you talk about how you're in your, it took you six years to finish this film, but what timing, mm-hmm. uh, it's coming out now mm-hmm. right in the midst of this 2018 election that everybody says every election is the most important one ever, but this one really is a huge one. The timing couldn't have been better. Yeah, and part of that is by design that we were aiming to have it come out in an election year. Um, midterms are, uh, you know, the timing is especially good now. Um, I think that what we're going to find with a lot of the Russia investigation stuff mm-hmm. is um, I think it's going to come back to a lot of campaign finance regulations and laws that were broken. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the question for the American public is going to be, you know, are, are these anti-corruption measures important to you? Are you going to do something about it? I mean, uh, last week, week and a half, I don't know, you have to kind of say everything in sort of Trump-adjusted years oh. because like a day feels like a week. But yes. um, <laughs> in Trump-adjusted time years. <laughs> yeah, we're li- living like dog years now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, he pardoned um, Dinesh D'Souza, mm-hmm. who was found guilty of campaign finance violations. It mm-hmm. was a straw donor scheme. It was like completely blatant. He ple- pled guilty, pleaded guilty to it. And um, yeah, I, I think in large part that the effort behind that was to basically say, um, yeah, these, these laws don't really matter. We can overlook those. It doesn't, you know, this, you know, this stuff is uh, not that big of a deal, but you know, this stuff really is a big deal. These anti-corruption measures were put into place after Watergate. Yep. Um, they've served us pretty well. They've been eroded a bit since then. Um, but if there's, you know, one thing, I hope that all of this other um, investigations into Russia and the influence of Russians on the election, stuff like that, and it, it, that all of that um, corruption is going to get us. I think that having this broad-based sense of reform coming from a huge swath of the American public that's just fed up with all of yep. this corrupt behavior, mm-hmm. um, that's the one thing that, that kind of keeps me going these days. 
wanted to follow up with that. Is is there a part two that's coming out of Dark Money or something similar? Uh, stay tuned. Okay. I don't know. I'm continuing <laughs> to follow the story. It yeah. continues to develop. Um, these international connections are really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think <sighs> the power of our film is that we show you you know, it's, these stories get really dense and complicated mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Um, and I think that maybe one of the strengths of our film is that we keep the story really tight and just show you in this little microcosm, like, look, this is this is how it works. Mm-hmm. This is how the, the shell game works. Mm-hmm. And um, that can certainly be applied to other states. I mean, we've seen it with kind of going around to film festivals mm-hmm. that... No matter which city we take it to, they're like, oh, yeah, that's just like this thing that we just went through where our blank was found guilty of blank for corruption of money because of blank. And um, so that's happening again and again. But, you know, how the question of how that applies to what's going on with foreign yes. um, money coming into our election, mm-hmm. you know, keep an eye on uh, Russian money going into the NRA. Which is 501c4. Oh, God. Um, and then hitting the Trump campaign, mm-hmm. uh, which was his largest donor yep. in the 2016 elections. And is, um, you know, uh, the NRA spent twice as much on the Trump campaign as they did with the previous Republican, which was Romney. So, yeah, keep, keep follow the money. Follow the money. And I hope that our, that our film inspires citizens to do that themselves. I hope it inspires other journalists like John S. Adams um, to stay hot on the trail um, because we need to do it you know, at the local level, uh, certainly at the state house level with people following their state politics. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of times the federal stuff sort of takes care of itself. But I think that just kind of staying local and following it there is really important, too. Do you want to get into politics? <laughs> no, I keep making movies. <laughs> Good. Because we'll vote for you. We don't even have to do any research. We already know. Everything yeah. Right, cool. Cool. We'll give you some money. It's fine. All right. But I did But I did want to end it on a high note. I was yes. watching The Daily Show last night, and I saw that in Helena, they just elected their first black mayor in the state's history, um, Wilmot Collins, who beat their longtime incumbent mayor, Jim Smith. Mm. He's a Liberian refugee. Mm-hmm. He yes. won in Trump's land. Yeah. It's just incredible. And he went by knocking on doors, or he won by knocking on doors and, and showing his face in front of the people. Retail and politics works. That's yes. incredible. Retail politics works. And to kind of bring it back around to, to money and politics, what, what really happened, there, there's, some, there's some really intriguing ways out of this forest um, to keep elections clean and to keep the will of the voters at the center of our elections, not the pocketbooks of a couple of rich people being at the center of our elections. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, usually it just comes out down to finding different ways to incentivize candidates to talk to real people instead of just talking to a couple of rich people at co- cocktail parties. And if you have a public funding of elections where there's a mm-hmm. public, you know, a pool of money where if candidates raise money from the two of you, say each of you give me 10 bucks, and that's matched by this public pool of mm-hmm. money, New York City, where I'm from, where I live now, they do, they match that six to one. So all of a sudden I got 70 bucks from each of you, mm-hmm. 
instead of 10 bucks from each of you and i can build a campaign like mm -hmm. that um there's a an experiment in in uh in seattle that's proving uh very interesting they have democracy vouchers <laughs> so mm -hmm. you two are registered to vote you get a handful of vouchers that to you just look like pieces of paper but to a candidate they look they're, they're actual money that they can use in their elections mm -hmm. and you can decide to give me all five of your vouchers or split mm -hmm. them up between me and somebody else in a different race mm -hmm. and that gives you the same political speech as somebody who is a billionaire mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um, yeah. so it's wow. a really interesting way to encourage candidates to talk to real people and what we find time and time again to kind of bring it around to Wilma Collins is that if you encourage that sort of political dialogue where everybody has an equal voice, you see much higher representation of women. You have much higher representation of people of color. And it's not just a couple rich white dudes who are mm -hmm. running the system who keep picking rich white dudes to right. run for office. Right. Same people yeah. over and over, yeah. The whole system gets democratized, yeah. and I think that's ultimately what we're shooting for. Yeah. Oh, it's really exciting. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Montana's looking good. Didn't you used to want to open a bar there? I still want to. After this film, I, I looked right. at my boyfriend, I'm like, you know when we met, I talked about opening a bar. She <laughs> randomly <laughs> would say, I want to go to Man yeah. Montana and open up a bar. Yeah. You know, you got Yellowstone. Yeah, just I chill. Do it. And help yeah. democracy. Yeah, you do it. It's looking real good. Yeah, it's looking real good. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for being on Bitch Thanks Talk. Thanks for having me. We it's really appreciate this. The film was great. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, everybody you so needs to learn more about this. Yeah. And, right. and it's really important right now. So thank you so much. Cool. Thank you very much. Go see and get us, in get us in touch with John Adams. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't be surprised. All right. <laughs> He's going to show up. Thank you. That was director Kimberly Reed. It yeah. <laughs> it was it was really funny. Uh, we were we were talking about how we wished we just kept rolling because our conversation didn't end there. No. We just kept going. We, we asked were, more questions. We were all riled up. Like, mm -hmm. and what about this? What about this? What about that? And uh, well, since she's following things so closely, you know, she has a little more insight than we do. And yeah, just Google like NRA money. <laughs> yeah, Trump NRA yeah. money. Um. But I thought that was interesting. And, and let's hear it for John S. Adams, who created Montana Free Press. When you see the film, he's kind of the hero. Yeah, I, I think I, I think he's definitely um, the most relatable character, too. Yeah. <laughs> In the film. And uh, we hope to be best friends with him soon. Yes. And he will be a friend of the podcast and come visit us. Right. Uh, we and have a comfortable studio he can crash in <laughs> if need be. Sorry, Char. I'm uh, inviting him to your studio. But props, yeah. props to him for uh, keeping journalism alive, like true journalism in Montana. You can donate on his page if you just uh, Google Montana Free Press. He's, he's doing it, and he's uncovering the stories. And I think, uh, I mean, I've always wanted to move to Montana, so... That's where the real which we that's where the real journalism is apparently. We, we talked to her on air about this, right? Yep, okay, yep. I'm trying to remember because we At had the beginning we of, had such a long conversation right, afterwards. Right, that was before. Okay, good. So, yeah, yeah, yep. I mean, I've been wanting to move there, so mm. I don't know. Uh, but yes, check this movie out: Dark Money, Kimberly Reed, John S. Adams, supporting character of the film. The character of the film. And, and um, look at where the money's coming from. It's that simple. Yes, there are many issues that 
everybody's going to say they care about the same issues, but what divides them is where they're getting their money from. And and the other part of that too is when you get when you're getting mailings during election season. Oh my god! Because yes. you'll get a million of them. If the if the if the name on the mailing is very generic, it's because someone's hiding something. Quite frankly, right. Um, so that's all. Just and I can't pay believe attention. how well those work. It's just like, because there's a lot of money behind it. They have a lot of people working for them. So yeah, this is a timely film. If you're not registered to vote for uh, November of 2018 uh, in the U.S., please do. Um, especially after watching this film. I think maybe you'll be inspired to go vote. And in the meantime... If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.